Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Thursday, July 8th, 2021, and today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now. Uh, tell them that we sent you. Uh, check out all the parts available for your car or truck. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com right now. Tell them that Locked On sent you today is going to be uh, a little smorgasbord uh, of an episode. We have draft profiles sleepers with uh, Steve Cornianos, the draft analyst and a two Seltonen from Dauber prospects uh, recorded these a while back with the, uh, when we did our uh, couple other prospect profiles with them, be sure to go check those out. They are all out so far. Um, but it's it's a sad day. Apologies for uh, a day late, two days later, I guess, than we said we were going to be. Uh, there was some pretty sad news across the hockey world uh, this weekend, nationally and locally here uh, in Detroit. Obviously, um, you probably have heard the news by now. Matisse Kavleniak, 24-year-old goaltender for the Columbus Blue Jackets, killed uh, on 4th of July by a firework to the chest. Um, just a terribly unspeakable tragedy at the home of Manny Legacy, who was celebrating, uh, whose daughter was celebrating her wedding that day. Um, just a, a very, very sad story all around. And I don't know how to comment on this Uh because I, I'm sure there are probably a lot of people out there being like trying to use this as a lesson, but it was a freak accident. And, you know, ac- accidents can happen at any time at any place. Obviously, they tell you to be extra safe on Fourth of July for these reasons. Uh, but I don't I don't know. I just I don't really know what because it's just it's sad. It's like they're straight up sad. There's no real lesson to be learned here. It was a it was a freak accident. It's not like anybody was just you know, playing around or being uncareful. It just, it just happens and that's life. And that it's just so, so shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, made it the news spread like wildfire. That's for sure. Went around, uh, went around the NHL circuit, pretty really the sports world pretty quickly there. And yeah, I mean, there's, um, not, there's no analysis for that. There's no breakdown of that. It's just really sad. And that's, uh, yeah, obviously that's gotta be, that's gotta be tough. I mean, for his family and his and team friends, so. teammates were there too. I mean, it was, it was yeah. a unspeakable tragedy. They were all, I know Elvis Merzlikens like Instagram post out to him. I cried reading it. It was very heartfelt and just very much clearly a little brother to everybody on that team. Um, and then also yesterday morning on t- Tuesday morning, I woke up to the news that uh, Matt Koleski, uh, who you may not know, but you're one of your favorite players probably does um, 
he passed away of a heart attack on either Tuesday morning or late Monday night. Uh, he was the director of roller hockey at Joe Dumars Fieldhouse for decades and decades and decades since I was born, since I've been alive, since I've been going there. Uh, on the current Red Wings, he has coached Dylan Larkin, Sam Gagne, and Bobby Ryan. Uh, so that's, I mean, right there. <laughs> immediately a pretty big impact other guys in the league like Rocco Grimaldi uh but just I wanted to take the time because even though you because he's somebody who went there's so many stories coming out these days about people who are bad for hockey culture and that's just such a hot button Mm -hmm. issue right now and things that come out and like this was just a guy that like the hockey world just needed and I think of how many careers were saved because of him and his willingness. The the thing about Jody Marsfield house, like, I don't know how many of our listeners have ever played there, have ever been there. Um, but they closed right at the beginning of COVID that facility was hanging on basically by a thread throughout its entire existence. It, despite all of that was maybe the Mecca of roar hockey in North America during its heyday, maybe even up to the, the bitter end. Um, and he ran the roller hockey program there and the finances were never great. And the building was never in good shape at all. And it was kind of a dump to be quite honest with you, but that was part of its charm. Like that was part of the charm that everybody knew about it and, and joked about, like if you had been to Joe Dumars field house, you knew the smell when you walk in at six o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon in the summer and everybody's been, and there's been men's leagues are just getting fired up and it, it wasn't a glamorous place. And yet it was such a big, important landmark for the roller hockey community and ultimately the hockey community. I just mentioned a couple of the guys that he had coached on the Red Wings uh, and so many people start playing roller hockey. And he, I've come to understand as I've grown older that part of the reason why that place probably wasn't in the best shape and that it, you know, may have been not doing well financially is because in a lot of ways, I am assuming that Matt Koleski probably had something to do with it because he didn't really care about those things. He just wanted kids to play hockey. He was one of those guys that would say, don't worry about it. Get me next time. I was like me, myself. I, I The only reason that I continued playing hockey through like the age of 11 and 12 is because Matt Koleski let me play basically for free or whenever you, whenever my parents could pay him. Um for you know during the the really really tough years of the economic downturn and i know that you know my mom worked there for a while like to to try and help pay down some of my hockey fees and and it was the same case for a ton of other kids i had a skate break in the middle of the game and my parents were like how are we going to afford to get him new skates and he just went in the back he uh grabbed like an 800 pair of skates that he had for for discount and gave them to my parents for like 300 bucks and said whenever you can just pay me back. Like, don't worry about it. And that was the way it always was there. And that was the reason that a lot of people during those times when they couldn't, you know, afford to play ice hockey, like they still had something to do. And he wanted to create an environment where people would show up on Saturday morning at seven, eight, nine, ten 10 AM and not leave until 10, 11 a- or PM. And the, the cool thing about roar hockey is that if you're playing in the tournament or something along those lines, like you can throw your skates on, or if you're in a bunch of different leagues and you have a bunch of games in the same day, you throw your skates on, you play your game. Then in between games, you just stay in your blades, which when you're a kid is awesome because you're like playing tag. You're just like doing all the things that you're not supposed to do. 
and adults would be like yelling as little kids ripped by him and uh parents would be like whoa hey whoa slow down and and he'd, he'd come up behind him and like tell the parents to relax like he he just wanted a place where kids could be kids and he coached so many teams and he just when when dumars closed i i called him and i talked to him and i talked to so many people who had nothing but amazing things to say about him and he just didn't know what he was going to do next because this was all he knew was coaching kids and, and coaching hockey and um you know, he still checked in with my parents every now and then uh, throughout the years. I, like I said, I've, I've talked to him within the last year and I'm so thankful that I did. And I don't really know where like all of this is going, but I just wanted to take the time to uh, acknowledge um, him. And I'm hoping to get the chance to maybe write something for the Detroit News. I think I'm going to pitch something. So if you'd like to read more about it, you can probably go find it um, maybe in the next week or so, uh, depending on how that pitch goes. But um, like I said, a, a real true hockey hero out there, never played past the NCAA uh, during his time at Fairbanks, Alaska, uh, but still managed to make an immeasurable impact in the hockey community and beyond. Um, so rest in peace, Matt Koleski. There are literally thousands and thousands of thousands of people that love and appreciate you. And I am one of them. Um, Draft profiles coming up next. Going to jump in really quick here before we get to our, uh, our, our, our sleepers and talk to you guys about betonline.ag. Betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, even your UFC and MMA action. McGregor and Poirier coming up soon this weekend. Get in on all of it at betonline.ag. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline, your laptop and mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't stand on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams are in full playoff mode, we got the Stanley Cup Finals, the NBA Finals, all the finals going on. And get in on it at betonline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKDOWN. It's promo code LOCKDOWN for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Zetterberg got it to Datsun. All right, we're here with uh, A2 Seltonen from Dauber Prospects. He's the director of European Scouting. We're going over uh, some sleepers. He mentioned on a recent episode that he's going to be coming out with a sleeper list for European prospects in the upcoming NHL draft, and he's going to give us a little sneak peek of what that list might entail. Uh, so who is, you know, one? Uh, we're going to do a couple, but I guess uh, we'll start with your first sleeper uh, from, let's say, like the third or fourth round on um, that you think can can really have the ability to explode and, and be something special in the NHL. Um, hmm, let's say that's actually a hard one. I don't have a lot of players in that third or fourth round at, at this point, but well, um, well, just third round or later, you know, like it, it could be a sixth or seventh round pick. I, I think. Um, um, yeah. We well, one, one player I, I would really like, like to see drafted this year. He was 
draft eligible last year, and it's a Ruben Rafkin, and uh, he plays for played for PPS Turku like in men's league. He had a really good season. Like it was like his draft plus one season, you know, because he got undrafted. He went undrafted, but he's a player. I'm I'm shocked if he doesn't get drafted. Like he's a right-handed defenseman. He's physical. And I I know that he's a really mature guy also, and he's been living in in the United States for like more than five years, I think. Like he was playing in some junior leagues, and and he was playing in winter, I think, in the OHL. So I think that's that's one one sleeper from Finland at least. And what uh, league did he play in most recently? Uh, in in men's league. Finland. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, the whole season, and they were like silver medalists. And he, in the finals, I think he played like twenty minutes a game. Like he was really, he was a big, big role player for them also. So I, I'm shocked if he doesn't get drafted this year. What do you make of those uh, draft plus one guys? Um, is there any like extra hesitance to take them there? Is there anything that might encourage you even a little bit more because you're like, all right, like what what's the harm like we we maybe the you know you don't get on the ground floor of what his ceiling could potentially be but he still might be there like i guess it's kind of an uncommon practice and i'm curious to know like how often those guys turn out to be something uh when they get drafted uh, a year late mm, actually i didn't even know but i i mean i know that i mean <laughs> well i i'm not working for the nhl team so i i I don't know how hesitant they are to pick yeah. overagers, but I I feel like they are pretty hesitant. And well, last year Chinakov, I think he was an overager, and uh, Columbus yeah. like <laughs> twenty twenty or something. But you know, I I want to be concerned about the age because if a player plays a really good season and he's an overager, like so what? He's still like 18 or 19 years old. Like mm. there's still 10 years before he's in in his prime. So um, I think big teams are a bit hesitant, but I I don't know. I wouldn't be like especially in the later rounds. Uh, all right, who's the next sleeper on your list that, that you think is worth noting? Mm. There's a, he was actually playing the Finnish U18 team and he's sixth or seventh rounder for me, Nico Huhtanen, a player who whose skating is well, I don't want to be mean, but it's really it's pretty bad, to be honest. And uh but he's he has big size. I, I think he's like over 90 kilos and uh that's about 200 pounds or something. And uh, he he's a right-handed winger and he has a really good shot and he's extremely physical and like he's, a, he's like mean. And I, I love that. I mean, I I think he's going to get drafted because some NHL teams kind of want that kind of a physical player and, you know, just make a project from him and... Um, Get him, get him to play in men's level in in Europe, and he will get his skating better and stuff. And maybe he will be a bottom bottom line NHL player. 
I always wonder about that. And like, I feel like skating is the most ambiguous, like, will they get better? Like, like it's, I feel like that's just so hard to predict. Like what, what is it about that area of a person's game? Um, that makes it difficult to predict is it because like to me it's just like it's it could all come down to them meeting one person maybe they only needed to meet one coach in their life that told them something that you know would fix it or you know maybe there's a plethora of things wrong and it'll never be fixed you know i just think it's it's interesting uh about that like there are it's a lot of mechanical things that can be changed um it, it very much unlike really a lot of other things in hockey i feel like yeah and as we as we spoke earlier, it's like it's just so important in modern NHL. Like mm. you watch the game, it's so fast that if if you can can skate, it's it's gonna be so hard. But you know, yeah, that's 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 because skating, bad skating always drops players players in my list. Uh, all right, your last sleeper that you want to give to us uh, from Finland or just from anywhere in Europe, frankly. I mean, I, I know you're uh, you're covering a lot of those guys. You plan on doing the list on a lot of the European um, prospects. So give us your, uh, your, your next in line, and we'll wrap it up there. Um, I'm going to say uh, Danish player here. Uh, small guy called Marcus Onquist. Uh, winger right-handed shot like extremely fast like he has so fast legs and he's skating it's really good and he's a really good goal scorer and he's he, he's gonna play in sweden sweden next year and uh i think he he would be worth a seventh round pick like and really interesting prospect but like he's like five seven or something so that might be a problem and he's i haven't watched him that much but his comprehensive game it, let's just say it needs a lot of improvement. So, <laughs> but like, I think he's a really interesting player. I I, I want to throw him last sleeper there. And if you were to guess, would you say he probably goes undrafted? Just or would you would you think he's going to get picked? Or? Um, he's actually number fifty-seven at Josh Tesler's list from Smart Scouting. So he's in the second round in one list. So. So people know about him, like, and and that's yeah. uh, and that's the thing about the the draft is that like at a certain point you have to assume that anybody can go from like the third to the seventh round. You know, like there are some guys who they probably won't make it that far, but a lot of guys have potential to swing that much, and it's just the nature of the draft. It's you know the nature of, of this year's draft specifically, where um, you know you you there are teams out there who will be able to be like i know that only two other teams know who this guy is you know and i think that's that to me is the the interesting part about the draft is uh after rounds two and three like that's to me when um you know the scouting the 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 week gets separated from the chaff as some people say i don't know what that means yeah and those are like why why they're scouts because if you're a general manager you can you don't need scouts to take open power at top five or top yeah. ten or wherever it's gonna go. But those are like rounds, like seventh round. If you found someone who's good enough to play in the NHL, you're you're very good at your job, honestly. Well, 
And, and I remember like, this is maybe my favorite story that I've ever heard about scouting. It was when um, it was, I, I heard it. We can bleep that, you know, I don't want to, don't want to cross promote here. Uh, but it was, and they were, it was with Craig button and they had Hakan Anderson on um, from the Red Wings. And he was telling the story of when him and Ken Holland were going to see Pavel Datsuk and uh they I don't remember where they were, but they were in a they were they were like overseas in a place. I think there might have been a tournament going on or something like that. But Craig Button was pretty much talking to Kenny Holland and he was like, I gotta go. I'm going on a secret mission. And uh, you know, they were like, Well, what is it? What are you going to see? And he's like, I'm not telling you, like, why would and so uh they went to go see Pavel Datsuk, who was playing in skates that were two sizes too big. And they were like, Holy smokes, if we can get this kid in some proper skates, like the production is just going to be astonishing. And that was like the first thing he asked for when he got drafted by the wings was a pair of skates that fit him. And then we all see how the career of Pavel Datsuk went. Uh, Maybe the most iconic Red Wing of my childhood, like uh, in terms of like just incredible hockey player obviously we were we, we were kind of brought up on the tail end of those like the the 90s and 02 dynasty but um in terms of my childhood and like the players i grew up loving and like being addicted to their youtube reels like pavel datsuk is the one and so uh there's a million different variables that go into uh a prospect being under scouted and when you hear things like that it's just like like that's sometimes that's all it is, is the guy's skates yeah. are too big for him. And so, and nobody notices. And so mm. he just, nobody takes them. And, and uh, that's like the stuff I, I love. And that's, a, that's the stuff I find fascinating for sure. Yeah. That's, that's a crazy story. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, I've, I've heard that Pekkarinne is, that has kind of been drafted. That, uh, the scout only saw him in like uh, warm-ups. <laughs> <laughs> really? I mean, I mean, the, I I've heard the stories that like the scout only saw him in warm-ups, and he was like, "Okay, we're gonna draft this guy." Wow. And uh, I, I think maybe he didn't play in in the game or something. So like he told it. I I've heard that. And that's, I, that's wild. Yeah. Okay, I just found out that Pecorine is thirty-eight years old. Yeah, that's insane. He's, I would have guessed like thirty-two, maybe. Uh, I think he's uh, he's probably going to end his NHL career now. Yeah, he's been around for a long time, man. That's crazy. Eighth round, thirty thirty-first pick of the eighth round. They yeah, eighth literally round. don't even have doesn't that even ex- yeah yeah <laughs> doesn't exist does not exist. I mean, it, it's great. Sometimes you watch some old players and they they've been drafted like ten rounds, and it's like. How, how how was there so many players like? Obviously, they were were not that much team. So yeah, and and that's the thing too is it's all about like situations. I I think um, maybe a little bit like I, I think everybody knows that, and so we don't want to give too much credence to it. But I think in that pursuit, it ends up not being given enough credence. Like if Owen Power gets drafted by the Buffalo Sabres, I'm sorry, he's probably going to be a bust and it's probably going to be framed as Owen Power is a bust, but what it should be framed is as the Buffalo Sabres ruined another, you know, mm. terrific defenseman. Yeah, exactly. And that is going on at every level of the game. You know, their guy playing in Liga and he can't, you know, he's getting stuck on the third line. He should be playing on the first line. Like there's just, 
so many little things that go into uh, being a successful hockey player after the fact that it, it kind of blows your mind a little bit at the prospect, you know, the, the prospects before the fact and just what has to go through to make sure they're well scouted and, and things like that. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, all right. Well, uh, thank you so much. A2. We, we definitely appreciate your time. Go from on Twitter, uh, Sultan and a two and, uh, go check him out at dauberprospects.com. I'm sorry if I, I butchered your name or anybody else's name throughout. I'm trying my best. Um, thanks for coming on. This was a ton of fun. Yeah, thank uh, you. and we absolutely would, would love to have you on again sometime later on down the road. We can talk a little Emil Vero or, or something along those lines, you know, maybe, maybe the Red Wings draft one of these, uh, finished prospects. And then we got a reason to keep coming back to you. So, uh, thank you so yeah. much again. Uh, if you have any last things you'd like to promote, you know, Snapchat, Instagram, uh, those types of things go for it. The floor is yours. Um, I have nothing. I just, don't add me on Snapchat. It's kind of personal, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. We definitely won't do that. Thanks for having. Thanks for having me. This, this we really let's do it again. We will rub it in uh, Tony Ferrari's face because he's supposed to come uh, on the show. He was actually supposed to come on the show later earlier in the week, but uh, something came up. Um, he's everybody's favorite ball draft analyst. You're you have a great head of hair. You're everybody's favorite like great-haired <laughs> analyst uh oh, thanks. Thanks. and uh, I'll, I'll make sure to remind tony of that and um you know ask him if he's jealous and things like that so uh thank you so much a2 uh hopefully we'll talk to you again later on down the road man yeah thank you <laughs> gonna jump in really quick here and talk to everybody about our friends over at rockauto.com this episode is brought to you by rock auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing from brands their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership Rock Auto is a family business. It's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They know what they're doing, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website. Find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Threw it back in. Zetterberg. Shoot it quickly. Scores! He does! A buzzer beater! Two nights straight! Now the Red Wings win it! Four, three in overtime! All right, we're here with Steve Cornianos from the Draft Analyst Podcast going over a couple sleepers. Uh, as we were doing these uh, draft profiles, I wanted to talk to each guy, get their thoughts on some potential sleepers uh, as the days uh, or as the, the draft rolls on. So we're looking for like third round, fourth round, fifth round, sixth, seventh. Uh, I guess just any anything outside of the top two. Uh, you gave me three names. And we'll start with uh, James Malatesta uh, from Quebec in the queue. Yeah, he's a uh, he was a high. I think he was a maybe second round Quebec League draft pick. So he had a strong reputation coming in, 
and he played for Team Canada at the World U-17 Hockey Challenge. So he, he's, he's on the radar. So he's not like that much of a, a nobody. I mean, he, he is such a, a hard-nosed player, though. He's about 5'9 or 5'10, 165, 170 pounds. I mean, I don't, I don't know what he's at right now, but he is a, a, a pest, right? He is a physical pest. He's a guy that just will – he's fast. He's got a really good shot. He can put up points. It's about a point of game guy playing on a, a Quebec's top line, played with guys like uh, Villami Mariala and Theo Roche. Like Quebec Remparts are a pretty good team this year, at least fun to watch from a draft standpoint. And so uh, he was just this guy that you want. He's just always, he's kind of like Alvin Graver, like Alvin Graver, the Wings prospect, where he's like a dirty, nasty, in your face kind of a player where he's always on, on the four check, gets under the opponent's skin but he's not the biggest guy in the world. Well, that, that's the kind of player that Malatesta is just a, but he's got hands. He's got hands. He's got skill. So I'm not going to say that, well, he's going to be on the third line or fourth line. I, I could see him going on the third or fourth line and not lasting there. And eventually being a guy that gets promoted because of his effort is his, his motor is his speed. And he's always willing to hit anybody. Uh, so when you're five, nine, you're like a buck 75 and you, you're throwing your weight around and you, you got a really uh, high motor, a good battle level, compete level, and you're scoring goals. You're showing a lot of emotion. You know, I, I kind of like this. So I don't know why uh, he's – I think I have him ranked somewhere in the in the 60s. But, uh, you know, you can only rank so many people in the first round. But <laughs> he's one of those kids that, that I think really deserves a long look. Uh, and I could see fan bases well, – whichever team drafts him, I could see the fan base really attach themselves to him. He's kind of a thick boy too. Five uh, nine, one eighty. He's up to on his uh, elite yeah. prospects profile. Uh, now the next guy, David Gucciardi, uh, a Michigan State commit. Actually, five eleven defenseman, left hand shot. Uh, talk to me a little bit about him and, and what you like about him and why you think that he is somebody who might fall a little bit, but could be a great pick. Very smart. I mean, his skating is is excellent. His skating in all areas. Uh, but he played for Water. He is just uh, the way that he delivers the puck. This guy, you know, when I talk about breakouts, how important they are, this guy behind his net, his wrists are so strong where he will just flick his wrist and it'll be a bullet across all the way up to center ice. So uh, accurate passer, uh, he he kills penalties. He can be physical, not overly physical, but uh, uh, I think he's a Canadian kid too. He's not, he's not an American kid uh, playing in the USHL. So um, you know, Michigan uh, State, they, they have uh, – it's, it's tough to recruit when you got Michigan uh, getting uh, all the blue chip guys, but he's the kind of kid – I think I got him ranked somewhere in the fifth round, uh, but he's – I could see him being a guy that you go see him once and you walk around like, all right, uh, and that kid's got it. Uh, so uh, I could see him being like a point-producing type, but a lot of fun to watch. I mean, you know, he's, he's about, what was that, like 5'11", uh, 5'11", 175 pounds, something like that, or maybe close to that. Mm. So, yeah, so so I, I could see him being a real difference maker, and uh, I haven't looked at Michigan State's recruiting class, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's the, the centerpiece of it or close to it. Their uh, recruiting in general has just, like, slipped, uh, I feel like. They, they, they're kind of – they're – for a long time, it was like them and Michigan were like the top two dogs. And then like the, for the last decade and a half, it's just been all, all Michigan uh, on that front. Uh, and then the last guy we got to talk about is Vasily Machulin. You mentioned he was not ranked by central scouting at all recently uh, after having such a good postseason, is now ranked 
in the central scouting rankings that came out today. Can you tell us a little bit about him, where he's from, what he plays? All right. So think Ivan Provorov. Now he's, he's an overager, but not by much. I think he's a July or June or July birthday. Uh, so he only missed draft eligibility by, uh, for this draft, the first year eligibility by only a couple of uh, months. Uh, and so he plays for Dynamo MSK or JHC Dynamo Moskva, which is basically Dynamo Moscow's uh, junior team in Russia's MHL. And they, they were a powerhouse. They were the non- number one team in the league, uh, very deep. They have uh, a lot of notable names on NHL draft picks on that team. Guys like uh, Fogdan Trinev is a Washington draft pick, uh, Dmitry Zlodiev. They got the kid Kisakov, who might be a first-round pick uh, this year. Uh, and so their defense is more like a defense by committee. Uh, a lot of these Russian teams are like that, where they don't really have – you even see in the tournaments, they don't have that star defenseman. They have defensemen that are physical. They know how to move a puck, good first pass, relatively mobile, good size. Uh, but So I'm watching uh, the final, the MHL final, between the two best teams, Loko Yaroslavl and Dinamo Moskvau, uh, Moscow. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a war. The rivals, they hate each other. It's, uh, you know, it's almost like uh, Colorado-Detroit, you know, and kind of like that, that type of a rivalry. And uh, this kid was so decisive with the puck. He, just everything kind of ran through him. And you have all those forwards. They, have, they don't have a top line that team. They had like three top lines. Uh, he had a, a, a tough job finding a way to distribute the puck equally and efficiently and accurately. And he did every time. Uh, but the biggest thing that stood out besides his size and his skating and, you know, is his shot creation. This guy off of face-offs, he's not a fire and forget guy. He'll get the puck. He'll make a couple of spin moves or surprise the heck out of a quick or smaller forward. So uh, I, I was watching this, you know, I watched every game of the finals. I think it was five games. And I'm like, there's no way that NHL scouts are not watching this kid. There's no way that they're not watching this kid basically have his way with the puck against a really good defensive team in local Yaroslavl. And he was not on any central scouting ranking. I Googled his name. No one had anything on him, not a report, nothing. And then lo and behold, the rankings come out today. And I think he was ranked like 69th, which is pretty high out of 140 European kids that they ranked after not even being ranked before. I was going to say, yeah, to debut on that list at that number. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and that that means that he probably is going to be a little bit even high. They're like, yeah. well, we can't just come out and say, oh, he's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, he's showing a ourselves lot, a little bit. He's a lot. I, I wrote a, a very extensive write up on him on, on the blog, uh, thedraftanalyst.com, where I, I've highlighted all the key prospects, both drafted and draft eligible, uh, in, in that roll up. And uh, a couple of people like texting me, like, oh yeah, Machulin, yeah, all right, you know, like him so. <laughs> Uh, very, very promising prospect. But again, think Ivan Provorov, almost almost identical stylistically. Excellent, excellent. All right, well, Steve, thank you so much uh, for all of your time today. We certainly appreciate you uh, being gracious enough to spend this time with us, educate us on some prospects, defend uh, defend some of the things that you put out there, which I thought you made a lot of valid valid points on. Um, and, and I liked your argument about uh, Evanson because it was very clear that it was nothing personal. It was just, you're very, and, and not that it wasn't anything personal. It was that like, you weren't setting your stone. You're like, Hey, it's, it's okay. I still think he can be that player. I just don't see this one thing that I, that you think is a, a, an important I guess, part of developing an all around NHL game. So uh, excellent job. Uh, Thank you so much 
for hanging in with us. Uh, also, that sleepers list. I was just looking at it. I, are you sure that wasn't actually just the, the best names in the draft? Did, did you get those confused? <laughs> Mal- Malatesto or Malatesta, Gucciardi, and Machulin. Oh, there's a uh, lot of good ones. Machulin is such an elite name. Riley, yeah, Riley, is, Kidney, is... Riley Kidney from uh, in the Quebec uh, League. Uh, there's a lot of good names. I, I can't think Ryder of Corsak. I don't know why know. I like that name, but <laughs> there's, there's no more like, like, you know, Mike's and Dave's and Jim's. It's- yeah. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for today's episode. Thanks so much to Steve Cornianos and E2 Seltonen for jumping on the show. We will have more from them uh, at a later date. I think they're going to be coming on to do more draft profiles. Uh, so thanks to them. Thanks to you. Thanks to everybody who listened, uh, who took the time to listen to me talk at the beginning of the episode about somebody that meant uh, a lot to me and a lot of hockey players in the Metro Detroit area. Uh, We will be back tomorrow. We are going to be interviewing Iowa Wild coach Tim Army to talk about what Alex Tangay brings to the Red Wings power play. You are not going to want to miss it. It's going to be a fantastic episode. Uh, Subscribe. It's the only way to make sure that each and every morning when you wake up, there's a new episode waiting for you, ready for your morning commute uh follow us on twitter at lo underscore red wing scotty anything else follow us on follow me on twitter at nolan bianchi follow you on twitter at bentley scotty i think no that's it man yeah no and nolan's freed nolan's uh no nolan's he's uh free nolan campaign is is uh worked so i i barely even remember the uh hack Hack days. You know, that's how long it's been. I feel like that's not true. I feel like that's not true. It's not true because my timeline is still like very, very small. Like I only am following like a fourth of the people because I literally just cannot remember who I was following. And so um Fair. it kind of sucks in, in that regard. I miss out on a lot of news. Like things are happening and I I just like followed a hundred random people and they're not the ones <laughs> that tell me what I need to know. So it's honestly been very frustrating, but we're gonna figure it out. Uh Go, go check us out on there. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.